What's up, y'all? This is Dr. Craig Waleed, your host here on the Prison to Promise podcast, where I explore strategies formerly incarcerated people use to avoid returning to prison. On this episode, I'm joined by none other than the good brother, Lamont Joe. At a young age, Mr. Joe jumped off the porch and took off running, as he put it. He eventually became a D-boy, selling drugs and such. It's something he said he wanted, something that he sought out because it was what he saw in his environment and he wanted desperately to be a product of his environment. However, throughout his life, Lamont notes that he always valued school and being in the classroom. So after four felony convictions, incarceration, and getting shot, Lamont left the streets and returned to school and recently earned a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. I encourage you to please lend your ear as Mr. Joe discusses his journey from prison walls to university campuses here on the Prison to Promise podcast. And so again, Lamar, I just want to say thank you, bro, for joining me here on the Prison to Promise podcast and sharing your story with me and um, all of our listeners, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Absolutely, man. So um, just to kick it off, bro, for the interest of time, I'm going to ask you um, if you could perhaps tell the, the listeners a little bit about yourself, your background, perhaps where you're from, um, maybe what life was like growing up and how much time you spent behind the wall. Okay, cool. Well, um, my name is Lamont. Uh, last name is Joe from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um born in 77 so i'm 40 45 years old i actually turned 45 in april um thank you so um so far as i can remember um you know my parents were together i remember you know an event happened and they split up for me i think that's when they both sort of kind of went into their their stage of addiction and things like that because as i got old i started to see things a little differently so uh, of course, I started seeing things in my environment. You know, of course, I was staying with mom. So now mom is a single parent and I had a little brother. She was with her addiction. So we had to kind of find places to stay. You know what I'm saying? Dad was out doing his thing. Mom wasn't there, had to live with various family members. You know, so in, in it, while all I seen was what was in my environment. So as I got older in those teenage years, I couldn't wait for my opportunity to be a product of my environment. Like I wanted that. I sought that out. Um, so when it was my time, as they, they say, I jumped off the porch and I took off running. I became a drug dealer. I started to hang in the streets at about 14, 15 years old. One thing that I will say that will lead to the end of my story is that, uh, you know, I still kind of, I think I had like some common sense, some knowledge, you know what I mean? So I stayed in school. And, and honestly, back then, if you, and I wasn't eating at home, I wasn't getting attention at home. So when I would, uh, when I would go to school, I could, uh, you know, get that attention. Of course, they're going to feed you at school. So I, I look forward to going to school. And when I would see that I would get attention in school, like 
of course, you know, I want to So I, if I answer the question right, I would see the girls giggle us. So, hey, that motivated me. So I, I look forward to going to school, even though I sold drugs or hung in the street. I wanted to go to I wanted to go to school. And I was seeing. Right. And I was seeing that, you know, I, I was smart, you know, like I wasn't dumb, like the work wasn't hard. So anyway, I did that. I kind of went through my little battles. I still was able to graduate from high school. I did, uh, was supposed to come out in 95. I got into some trouble trying to smoke weed at a football game and got kicked out. And I wanted to, I was, I could have graduated from an alternative school that year, but I said, nah, I want to go back, you know, and, and graduate from a regular public school. So I went back the following year, graduated. Um, by this time I was full-fledged in the streets, but you know, so when I graduated, I went to the streets. That's when I started to go through all those uh, typical things. And you know, I got shot um, three times in my leg, wow. um, you know, went through different things. Then that's when I also started to uh, catch charges. I caught my first uh, selling drug charge in 1999. Mm -hmm. um, I got that, man. And, and back then, because I was still um, uh, um, blinded or misguided by the streets, I felt that going to jail and honestly in my neighborhood, you got street cred. I went to jail. I knew everybody. Every, most of the people was locked up, cousins, homeboys. So when I went to jail that first time in prison, man, it was fun. We was in there joking, you know, da 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 So when I came home, I didn't take that serious. Mm -hmm. Went back to it, uh, kept selling drugs, got, in, got another charge. Long story short, I ended up getting four felony charges, different separate charges. So of course that third one, I thought it was going to be the three strikes, the habitual, but I got the fourth one. So when I came home from that fourth bid and you asked about the total. So mine wasn't, I think that first prison sentence was eight months. Mm -hmm. My second one, I took the trial. So I ended up losing. So I was only, they only sentenced me to like three years. Mm -hmm. And then this last charge, my last charge, um, which I came home in 2006 was 11 months as well. Mm -hmm. So I guess I want to say almost close to maybe five years total, something like that. Um, so when I didn't get the habitual felon charge, I said, hey, you, Lamont, you got to be careful because if not, you get in trouble again and get five different, you know, they probably really going to give it to you. They're going to lose you up in there. Yeah. And I was also like, well, I thought to myself, I said, well, Lamont, if you do the habitual felon, they're going to give you five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years or whatever. Lamont, what if you done something positive? Where would you be in five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years or whatever? Hmm. So I thought about it. So uh, at this time, I was still sort of doing my thing in the streets. A guy that was selling, so, uh, I was selling weight too. He had got his refund check. So he came to me, he wanted to buy like an ounce. So I'm like, man, where you get all this money from? I got my refund check from school. Like, you know, you go to school, they'll give you money. I was like, okay. I said, what you in school for? He was like, human services. I was like, I never really heard of that. What, what can you do with that? He's like, you know, you could be a counselor, drug counselor, whatever. And if you got a, a background, you know, it, it won't count against you or whatever. So I was right. like, okay, that's, that's interesting. You know, yeah. I didn't do nothing with it that year. I kept thinking about it. The following year, I said, okay, Lamont, you keep trying to sell these drugs and be slick. They're going to catch you. So I said, okay, let me go up to this the community college and, and see what this program about. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Craig, man, I was so lost. Me and this friend joke about it. I went into the, the community college. All I seen was a line. I didn't know where to go. I went and stayed in that line the whole time, got to the counter. And I said, well, hey, I'm here to sign up for school. It was like, sir, this is the financial aid office. You need to go down to admissions. Right. I'm like, what? I done stayed up here all this long, but I had no idea. 
You right, know, right, right. I, I, I don't want to misguide people say, hey, I knew I wanted to be a counselor. None of that. Mm -hmm. Did that. I got enrolled. Uh, those same, that same desire to be wanted to be um, acknowledged or whatever. Um, when I was in high school, it came back when I went to the community college, because when I got into those classes, I was just in there. I, again, I had no vision. I just knew I didn't want to go back to prison. And yeah. I liked the attention that I got in school. Yeah. I knew that I was smart. They asked questions just like in high school. I'm raising my hand. I'm answering. Mm -hmm. The human service program, some of the prerequisites classes or the core classes or whatever are tied to the nursing program, mm -hmm. the sociologies, your biologies, psychologies and all that. Yeah. So in my classes, hey, this is just part of my story. There were young black females, the yeah. nurses. Yeah. I wanted to go to school to show out for them. Yeah. In, in my early month, early years of school, it was not because, hey, man, I want to go be this counselor and save the world. It was, man, I'm ready to go to school tomorrow because at this time I was still selling drugs. I had a drug dealer type car mm -hmm. and I had a, a green candy apple green old school car with rims on it. Yeah. Came to school, you know, nice. So they were giving me attention. Yeah. That's what kept me going in the beginning. Yeah. But the more I stuck and stayed, stuff started setting in and I started to see that hey, I could possibly do something with this. Yeah. So I talked to different instructors. They gave me different little pieces of advice. I went on to graduate with my associates. Uh, they had a transfer program that I could transfer to a university and get my bachelor's yeah. uh, in human services. Yeah. It was the same thing. It was a satellite campus, you know. But then I started, it was more like, okay, I'm going for the attention, but now I'm going because I think there's something with this. Yeah. But then that time I found out what I needed to be to become a substance abuse counselor. Yeah, I I I uh, I um I, I um um I enrolled with the practice board, you know, got my hours, took the exam. I became a substance abuse counselor in 2015. Yes, sir. That following year, I eventually graduated with my bachelor's degree in 2016. I, I took a, few, a little time off. I was intimidated by the master's program. You know, I was just like, hey, I think I'm good. I don't really want a master's. Uh -huh. So an old schoolmate of mine from, from my bachelor's kind of came back and was like, hey, Lamont, you ready for your master's? She's kind of joking about it, whatever. And so I was like, yeah, cool. Let's, let's, let's look into it. She found a program, North Carolina Central, that had an online clinical mental health uh, program with the substance abuse track tied to it. So I said, hey, let's enroll. I enrolled and we enrolled in it. Uh, and it's funny because she's kind of <laughs> in her feelings because she didn't follow through. We oh. both enrolled. She got me started. We both enrolled. She said the first semester for her was a little too much, so she had to drop out. But I kept going. Um, did you were that for your life? It seemed like seemed like right. for your life. She might have had different motivations. Races. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. But I know definitely know our lifestyle was you know different. So again, I kept going. Um, kind of to backtrack a little bit. I went once I started becoming a substance abuse counselor. You know, I got this job where I'm currently working. I moved up within their system to where now I am the uh, supervisor of all the substance abuse counselors at this particular agency. Oh. Um, the, 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 the executive director, she believed in me. She let me do my schoolwork there. I could go to work and literally do my schoolwork at work. So oh. she encouraged me, you know, um, she helped me. She actually wanted to come to um my graduation but anyway done that man went through what i needed to go through with the school in there uh graduated last was it last week well may 7th whenever that was i graduated may 7th with the master's degree that's just a good day right yeah yep yep 
Thank you, man. I appreciate that, man. And it, everything came full circle, man. I really feel like, you know, the, the, the God of my understanding had this path kind of laid out for me. Mm -hmm. I'll talk about some of my homeboys who we started out in the drug game with. Some of them still do their thing to this day. One of the guys, I taught him how to do. He's never caught a charge. Mm -hmm. Me, as I said, I got caught four separate times. Oh, I gosh. always tell, I feel like the God of my understanding was trying to get my attention. Yeah, yeah. He kept setting me down, but I tried to jump back out there. And it was like, Dr. Craig, when I said I was going to do something different, Dr. Craig, I started working at Wendy's. Hmm. I put that on my page. I put it on my Facebook page. I said, when we when I went to prison, I would I look forward to getting up in the morning, going out and working for 70 cents and a pack out. Yeah. I should look forward to that. Yeah. So you telling me I can't come out here and work at a fast food restaurant? Come on, right? You see what I'm saying? Right. I, so when... Yeah, when I came out of the dope game, I said, you know, I couldn't just go and get me a, a, a good paying job. Right. So I started at Wendy's. I kind of had played with Wendy's a little bit because I had child support stuff. So mm -hmm. I needed, sometimes I would need, so I'll go get me a little. So when I came out of the game, I was already in Wendy's system. Mm -hmm. So they, they hired me immediately. And right. that was kind of my, then I went from Wendy's to working in a group home, level three group home with teenage boys. Yeah. Um, Dr. Craig, I had to choose my population. I felt like that wasn't a good fit for me at the time mm -hmm. because I was still kind of fresh out the streets. Yeah. These teenage boys, they a little, they a yeah. little rough around the edges, uh, and I and I didn't want to jeopardize where I'm at now because back then, like wisdom, sir. That sounds like wisdom. You were yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because I felt like at that time, man, they might have done the wrong thing or said the wrong thing. You know what I'm saying? One thing led to another. And I wouldn't be here now being able to share this story with you. Right. So you I said, let me prison. Exactly. I said, let me go to and find something else. That's when I came to the job that I'm at now. Um, so, yeah, uh, Dr. Craigman, that's everything in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, you know, my story of again, like I said, I feel like the God of my understanding had this planned out for me. Wow, that I mean, your story is inspirational, man, and it's powerful. Um, and in telling your story, you pretty much hit all of my my talking points. You know, okay. questions I was going to ask you. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but I, I tell you, no, it ain't no apologies needed, brother. I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate just how you told it. And even right now, as I'm talking to you, and while you were telling your story, I'm fighting back tears. You know, wow. not tears of joy, but just right. there are tears of joy. It's not sadness, you know. I understand. You know, like, this is such a great story, man. Mm -hmm. Thank you, know, you. One of the things that stand out to me is when you talked about how one of your customers pretty much planted the first seed. Right. About college. And, mm -hmm. it, took a minute, but eventually that seed took root and you find yourself in college. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that stood out to me is how, you know, you talked about when you first went down there, you didn't know, you just stood right. in line, you know, and, and what I find, cause I used to work with first generation college students. Mm -hmm. Thing is, is a lot of us, we don't have anybody that has given us examples of what it's like to go to college or what to right. expect. You mm -hmm. know? But when we hungry, like you just illustrated, you was hungry. You needed something. You wanted something different. Mm -hmm. you, come hella high water you was going to get it yeah because somebody else probably would have just said man i've been in this line all day all this time <laughs> i'm done maybe i'll right. go tomorrow let me go right this pie or whatever you know? right right so beautiful man beautiful yes, I'm, sir. I'm inspired by listening to you man 
But tell me this, man, like, who were, like, some of your main supports? Like, once you finally said, look, man, I'm out of this, because I'm sure some of your homies was like, come on, Lamont, you've been doing this, you know, you're true to the game, whatever. But who are the people on the other side said, yeah, I'm glad you out. Here, let me help you. However you need help. Who are those people? All right. So when I first started, when I first started, I would say that 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 customer guy, because he was somebody that when I was selling drugs, like I have a daughter with his cousin. So he had stopped smoking crack and he had started doing the right thing. So even though he was like I said, he was buying weight, which was he was buying stuff. And then he was going out selling crack. So. When I started the school, I was like, hey, man, I went to school. He was like, oh, really? And he was kind of telling me, like, the first semester or two, we were sort of in there together. Then he kind of, so it, initially, he was that support. Of course, my mom, my parents, they were there, you know, um, egging me on. Um, a female that I had went to high school with, when I told you I graduated, she, I went to the streets. She went to law school. She became an attorney. So I'm kind of putting my stuff on Facebook. Uh, we inbox one day. We, me and her end up getting together. Mm -hmm. With her being attorney, her being established, let me sort of go back to that Wendy story. I can't say that I done that just by my regular everyday living. I was with her mm -hmm. when I started working at Wendy's. Yeah. So that gave me a little cushion. She said, just do the right thing. Just go to work. You know what I'm saying? She even knew that at the time I was sort of coming out of the dope game, but I wasn't out of it yet. Yeah. So she was just like, hey, just stop selling drugs. If you work at Wendy's, do what you can. And matter of fact, I think all I had to pay was the cable bill. That's all she wanted me to do. Because, you know, I liked it. I wanted the football packages and all that. So she was like, since you want all that, you just pay the cable bill and everything else. So she was one of my supporters, too. Um, matter of fact, I ended up going to the same college that she went to. Mm -hmm. And she was sort of there to I don't. I don't think she did it directly, but just mm -hmm. indirectly. Me seeing what she had. Me seeing, hey, man, that hunger. Hey, man, if you keep this up, you can possibly, this can be something that you can do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I was living in her environment, but I'm like, hey, Lamont, this is what you can do if you keep at it. Keep at it. Right. So she was one of my supporters. Um, of course, some of the instructors. Yeah, absolutely. Know. Yeah, one of the uh, my associate degree instructors, she, uh, she keeps me she wants me to do, she uh, offers me to do Zoom calls and come to the class and stuff. But she was one of those, Dr. Craig, I was struggling, mm -hmm. even though I was going for the attention. And I, yeah. Dr. Craig, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think that it would really pan out. Mm. I, I was like, well, hey, I hear what you were saying. But I'm again, you know, hey, I'm early in the associates. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I'm like, so you're telling me really before I even can maybe even scratch the surface of where I think I want to be, I got to get a master's. And I got to get a bachelor's before that. So I was like, it's possible. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I might go through all this and nothing happened or like that's so far away, you know, yeah. coming from the streets. I want it. I want it quick, fast. You telling yeah. me I got about eight, nine more years before I can even. Yeah. So but so when I would go and talk to her, she would encourage, me. Mm -hmm. you know, she was just like, hey, you know, one time I went when I said that, she said, Lamont, I can't promise you anything. She said, the only thing I can promise you, Lamont, that even though you have felonies, the more education you have sir. and the more experience you have in the field, sir. the more you'll be hired or you'll probably be in better position to get certain jobs. Absolutely. She, she said, that's what I can tell you. You know, I, you know, I have to, you know, sympathize with you having a felony, but I can't sugarcoat it and just say, oh, you know, pray or go, you know what I mean? It's going to work right. out. 
She said, what I can tell you, if you do those two things, mm -hmm. and once you get there and you try to start applying, if you got experience mm -hmm. and you have the education for it, you know, the licensure or whatever, oh. you, 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 you know, you keep your foot in the door. Yeah. So she was one of my supporters, um, uh, especially when I got to my master's degree um, in what this university. There are a few of those there because it was a HBCU. Um, oh, so, I, so all them, it was my advisor. Uh, there was a um, uh, one of the professors. One of the professors. He was a uh, um, he, like he was real into the substance abuse heavy. Been in it for thirty years. Mm -hmm. So a few of them. Um, and now, man, one of my homeboys, he was watching for, from afar. Uh, a few of my friends, especially in my city, where I'm from, a lot of people were watching from afar. So they were supporting, but they wasn't really there. Yeah. But now it's like, hey, man, I've been seeing you, man, and I believed in you, you know, and they were doing little things throughout the years, but I didn't know that they were actually like there to support, especially now that I'm sort of doing stuff on the, the, the post uh, masters. Yeah, like they're really still supporting now. So there were a few people along the way. Yeah, that's dope, man. And again, yeah, as and when we started, you talked about how my story sounds like yours, and I'm thinking yes. to myself, your story sounds like mine. It's really similar, yeah. Especially uh -huh. about you know the professors. That that was one of the mm -hmm. things I had too. The professors were telling me, look, just because you have a felony conviction, that's really going to be a calling card for the profession of yes. substance abuse counseling, mental health counseling. You know, mm -hmm. plus you get these these degrees and these credentials and all of that. It's going to make you that much more hireable, right? And, and then not to mention, um, I'll oftentimes talk to people who've been in prison. Um, I just finished teaching a course in one of the North Carolina women's prisons. And one of the things I always say to folks about um, education is that the more education you have, the less are your chances of going back to prison. Right. And I ask them, how many people in prison got GED? How many mm -hmm. people got a, associates? How many got a master's? How many got a doctorate? And the higher mm -hmm. you go up in these rankings, the less you can say you, you see them people in there. Right. Because yeah. they, they preoccupied, man. Mm -hmm. to do this BS. Right. Uh, one of the other things that, that really stood out to me also, uh, the correlation, should I say, between your story and mine, is the professors, man. Mm -hmm. Professors were um, mentors, guides, supports. And I still mm -hmm. have a professor now, man. Um, great friends with him. He's living over in Turkey right now. He's retired. Mm -hmm. Um, this brother even performed the marriage ceremony for me and my wife. Wow. Yeah, he's an imam. So, you know, he, he did mm -hmm. the ceremony, but um, just very parallel, man. Um, so I don't want to keep, you know, talking my story because this is your story. You know? I'm with it, man. But I'm just, I'm excited to talk to you because it, it, it's almost like I'm looking at myself. Looking <laughs> at myself. Right. But tell me this, man, like, what is your your future outlook for yourself as you've you know finished your master's you're the supervisor over many uh substance abuse counselors um i'm sure you're still coming into contact with people who are justice impacted people who are probably mandated by courts or parole or probation uh, where do you see yourself say in the next five years good question um as i was saying with uh where i'm at now i'm gonna stay there um because I'll, now I'll become a licensed, because I have my master, I can become a licensed substance abuse counselor, which kind of, you know, puts me in a different tier. So I know I'm going to stay there. And like, yeah. I still want to be licensed in mental health. 
So, but I have to find somewhere where, you know, I can get the hours or get supervision and pay for the hours or whatever and pass that. So for right now, I'm going to just focus on the substance abuse for probably about another, probably two years. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm telling myself and I'm probably tell my boss because she's like, I'm kind of next in line. I do not, I'm not saying it that way, but I do not want to run this agency. That is not really a focus, a goal of mine. Yeah. If she comes to me and say, hey, Lamont, you've been, I've been working there for about 10 years. If you come and say, hey, Lamont, you've been working here for 10 years, you, you know, you got your mask, you know, whatever. And, you know, maybe, you know that. And I got to say, you know, she showed me the pay and the pay is right. You know what I'm saying? I may say, you know, hey, I will stay here. So like you're saying, in five years, I may be running that or whatever. Yeah. But I'm not looking for that. I'm not going to go to her and, you know what I'm saying? Because I'll do it, but I don't know if that's what I really want to do. You know what what you looking for? What are you looking for? Well, am I and right? And that's one of the things I was kind of getting to. I think, honestly, and I don't want to sound vague or, or, or you know, you know, um, I can't think of the word. But I think I really want to see what's out there for me with the 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 is the LCMAC, the mental health part, uh -huh. before I make a decision and say this is what I want. All I know now is substance abuse. Yeah, that's that's all I know. Yeah, and now I'm gonna be licensed in substance abuse. Yeah. So like I was saying, if I take this job, now I'm going to be kind of in the substance field, you know, for yeah, whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I kind of wouldn't mind getting licensed in the, the mental health, mm -hmm. maybe getting a little job experience with that before I can really make a decision and say, hey, That's I want to do mental health. Or, you know, And I know they, they, they you know, uh, comorbid, like they go together at times. Parallel. But yeah. Exactly right. So I want to see, uh, get a little bit of experience with that, with mental health. Mm -hmm. And then make a decision of which one I would like to go into. So uh, with you, you kind of having experience, there's different things that I can do. I do know that as I do go on, those are goals of mine yes. that I definitely wouldn't mind be, being a clinical supervisor. Yeah. And I definitely wouldn't mind having my own practice or something like that, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm -hmm. good luck to you as you move forward, brother. And I, and I always think to myself, if we have made it through prison, we've made it through the streets, um, then we are going to be able to make it um, wherever we go. Mm -hmm. And so one last thing I want to ask, um, gotcha. but what is some advice or wisdom you would share with someone, um, a younger man or a young boy or somebody who has been in your shoes? As I alluded to earlier, it's the patience. It, it's the patience. And again, I've learned that, especially if the, 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 the younger person or whoever it is, have been through prison or jail, we had to practice that patience. Because mm -hmm. when we got sentenced, we mm -hmm. couldn't rush that no matter what. Mm -hmm. I, we had to, when they lay us down, we mm -hmm. had to lay it down. Yes, sir. We could, they couldn't like, you give me those years. And I said, well, no, nah, I don't want to do, you know, three years. I want to do one year. No, yeah. I had to have that patience and I had to learn a routine or whatever yeah. and do my three years. Uh-huh. That's what I would give to somebody. That's what I have to have. Remember I was saying, when I went to my instructor, I, that patient thing was, was on me. Right. Instructor, I want to get to this end. I want to get to the end of this three-year sentence right now. Yeah. She essentially said, you got to have the patience. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? We may not see the forest from the trees or however that slow can go. We may want it fast. We may be used to it. Yeah. It's, it's not going to go that way. Dig it. You know what I mean? And, and now, as you have seen and I have seen, once I practice that patience and I stay diligent, as you said, and I stay hungry, yeah, it paid off. Yeah, yeah. If I would have let that impatience get to me 
mm-hmm. eight, nine, ten years ago, I wouldn't be here, right? Because, like you said, I'd be like, man, f this. Yeah, yeah. You even say that the patience of standing in that line and going out to the other line. If I'd have been like, man, if this, I'm gonna come back tomorrow, man, I'm a, you know, but the patience, yeah, the, yeah. it will pay off. Me and you are testimonies that it'll pay off. Absolutely. And as you're saying that, I agree with you 100%. We are testimonies. And I'm also thinking about diligence. Mm-hmm. Because in your story, you also illustrated diligence, yes, you know, sir. tenacity, the willingness to keep going against all odds. Right. Not to turn around. You know? Right. So, right. Was it uh, the perseverance? It's called, yeah. Yeah. Because them, obst- them obstacles, persevering, them obstacles came. Man, especially when I started doing the right thing and child support was chopping up my check and yeah. stuff. And I'm looking at my check. I'm like, man, I used to make this in, in one sale. You know, yeah. now I got a dang on wait two more weeks to get a, this paycheck again. But yeah. I persevered, man. I stuck yeah. with it, man. It didn't yeah. go back. Yeah. And that's beautiful, man. That is beautiful. And that I think that speaks to that higher calling you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, that God of your understanding really not whispering in your ear, but yelling in your ear, you know, <laughs> and you finally listening. You right. Know? So how about this, man? What would you say to the family member or the parent of some person who is caught up in the street life, who's caught up in prison, and maybe they're coming back home? What, what would you share with them? You say with the, pan- with the parent? So the person yeah. that's supporting them or the, the actual person that's in prison? The, the the person that's supporting them so supporting them their parent or their loved one what would you share with them i would say uh definitely get you know lending that support also i'm pretty sure you you will understand this doctor uh Craig, is like kind of trying to look into the resources mm-hmm. not just saying hey you need to do this or whatever hey i know this program hey i know this guy hey this you know let's go here or i'm gonna take you here like literally having resources mm-hmm. for and not just verbally saying something. If I can literally or actually say, well, hey, as me and you have said, hey, this is what I did. I can take you to this community college. I can take you to, you know, this outreach program or, you know, what I'm saying or whatever. Um, so I would say that, you know, having that, pay, again, that patience, that understanding. But if the, the parent or the, the person that's supporting them can actually have resources available. Yes. knowing about programs that's available mm-hmm. and being willing to get them there, you know, but as we mean, you know, it also still stems into that, that person's motivation. People ask me that a lot. I'll say, Hey, is the person you're trying to help? Do they want help? Are they motivated to help? I mean, to, 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 to do what it is to get that help. If that not, we can, yeah, we can have all the resources. We can sit here and talk to our face turn blue. If that person is not motivated to change, mm-hmm then there's only so much the parent can do or the person supporting can do. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. that makes a whole lot of sense, man. And mm-hmm. that's pretty consistent with what I've, I've been thinking um, and what I know, and it's pretty consistent with what other people I've been talking to. Guys. One last thing, and I know we're going to be short, is the self-care. I know you know about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk Making sure that. I take take time for me, and I would also give that to the person, making sure that they, you know, don't overexert themselves trying to help the person too much and forget about themselves yep. that's another thing that helped me having to woosah you know go work out finding whatever type of self-care that works because in that perseverance in that diligence yeah. there comes a lot of stress and yes, sir. so yeah. i kind of have to say okay let me shut everything down and, and get away for a little bit yeah and yeah. then come back and keep pressing forward and so that mm-hmm. self-care thing is for not only for the support person but that's also for the person who's trotting that road, trying to turn themselves around. Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Both of them. Yep. Oh, man, with that, I'm going to say, I'm going to call it a wrap. And Ooh. I'm going to say, yo, this has been a dope conversation. I agree. Um, I really hope that folks listen to this conversation, glean from this conversation some of the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding you dropped and share it with their family members, friends, or whoever else they might know who's trying to change their lives, you know, from prison to promise, man. Mm -hmm. So, yo, thanks again, brother Lamont. And um, that's a wrap. Cool, man. Thank you for having me. This is my second time sharing my story. And I'm just glad that I'm, I'm like you. I'm, a, you know, I'm promoted on my page and my platforms, man. And, you know, I, I do hope that it does touch somebody. And as they say, we just really need one. And for that one to help others and help others and spread it. So I hope that one person can hear, you know, I think, like you said, hearing your story was the same thing for me, man. So that inspired me. So as you said, man, I hope people hear this and, and they can help each other. Awesome, man. And so probably down the line, because I hope to stay in touch with you, especially since we're in the same state, though we're a right. little apart, maybe about an hour and a half or something. Right. You know, maybe in the future, I'll be calling you Dr. Joe. Yeah, cool. If you or someone you know would like to share their story on this podcast or if you'd like to leave a comment or suggestion, please drop me a line using lowercase letters at D-R-C-R-A-I-G-W-A-L-E-E-D at gmail.com. That is Dr. Craig Walid at gmail.com. Thank you so much, and I look forward to hearing from you. Peace.